If you're listening to this, then you likely already know that being an independent musician can be a lonely road. And maybe your friends and your family just don't fully understand why you do what you do or why you invest so much time, energy, and, and money towards achieving your music goals. And especially early on, it can be hard to find people who really understand what you're trying to accomplish and how to make it happen. Uh, so that's where Modern Musician comes in. My name is Michael Walker, and you know I can understand and relate to that feeling. I've been there myself, and so has our team of independent artists. And the truth is that basically everything good in my life has been the result of music. It's the reason I met my wife. It's why I have my three kids. It's how I met my best friends. And now with Modern Musician, we've seen so many talented artists who started out with a dream, with a passion, but without really a fan base without a business and be able to take that and turn it into a sustainable full-time career and be able to impact hundreds of thousands, even millions of fans with their music. And we've had thousands of messages from artists who told us that we've helped change their lives forever. And it just gets even more exciting and fulfilling when you're surrounded by a community of other people who get it and who share their success and their knowledge with each other openly. And so if you are feeling called to make your music a full-time career and to be able to reach more people with your music, then I want to invite you to join our community so that we can support your growth and help lift you up as you pursue your musical dreams. You'll be able to interact in a community with other high-level artists, coaches, and industry professionals, as well as be able to participate in our daily live podcasts, meet these amazing guests, and get access to completely free training. If you'd like to join our family of artists who truly care about your success, then click on the link in the show notes and sign up now. The sports world is you go in, you have a game today. You win, there's a game next week. You lose, there's a game next week. You focus on this game for the hour that it's played, and then you start preparing for the next one because it's coming whether you like it or not, whether you win or lose. And I think with artists and songs and music, it's like I'm going to spend nine months waiting for, you know, something to happen in my personal life to spark this song idea. And it never happens. Now it's 14 months. Now it's been three years since your last song because you were – uninspired and it's like i just think that inspiration in music is there's no excuse for that anymore because we have so many things to pull inspiration from you're not having anything happen in your personal life go on netflix watch a rom-com and, and write about the relationship and the love in that if, if you want to make a love song and you're not in love right now like there's so many places to pull inspiration from today that it's not an inspiration problem it's a motivation problem and like with sports, you've got this game coming up. You've got to find that motivation somewhere because you're playing this game whether you like it or not. And that's the biggest disconnect, in my opinion, for music is sports. Find the motivation because the game's coming no matter what versus music. Well, there's no really hard and fast rules. So whenever you're inspired, you could just kind of make the song whenever. And it's like, you know, commit to something and not just have an excuse to not do it. Because in the sports world, that game's coming no matter what. So when you kind of get that mindset of like that third Friday of every month, that song's coming no matter what. It's it's a week away. Well, I better write this song and I better mix it and I better master it or find the people that will help me get it done quickly because it's coming no matter what. It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with my new friend, Nick Ruffalo. 
So Nick is a songwriter, producer, arts development specialist, and he's an uh, arts manager with over 20 million streams as an artist and a social media. He currently has a social media following over 100,000 people. And he's someone that you know wants to help people in the music industry to not just talk the talk, but also to walk the walk. And so today we're going to walk through uh, three rules for success with music and specifically focused on probably the number one most important thing that you know, holds us back from being successful or not, which is our brains and our minds and kind of what's happening in between our, our skulls. So Nick, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So to kick things off, I would love to hear just a little bit about your story and kind of how you got started and grew from where we all start from, from scratch to getting over 20 million streams as an artist. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So my, my story is, you know, nothing, nothing with music in my life until I was 20 years old was, you know, athlete, football, baseball, golf, everything, you know, all through high school, went to a very rigorous, like high school that had a very rigorous football program. And that's instilled, you know, shockingly, as I look back on it, like all the values I bring to, you know, how I approach my music career now has pretty much all been like a direct one-to-one -to, -one to everything from my high school football days, which I can't believe. And like, I just feel like that's what's given me such a different perspective than a lot of people who did grow up, you know, with lessons and piano and being in band and choir and even having like a rock band or just anything, you know, in the formative years that came from that music side of things is going to instill a very different mindset than it's five in the morning and we're doing, you know, up downs until we throw up and like that kind of, you know, melding together of the two different worlds has given me, you know, a lot of, a lot of kind of outlook. So I went to college to D3 school in Pennsylvania called Gettysburg to play football. And then, you know, while I was there joined a fraternity with a lot of the guys in the football team, we have parties, someone needed to play the music at the party. So I just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, started literally just playing songs off my phone on Spotify which progressed into the natural pipeline of like, let me buy, you know, a DJ controller. And then that kind of spurred into let me learn how to make mashups and then eventually remixes. And then once COVID hit in 2020 is when I really dived into like, all right, let me spend all this time on YouTube, just learning production, launched the rough artist project in you know the summer of 2020 released first original song kind of jumped on TikTok in early 2021. And it took, you know, I mean, so many so many so many different like video styles i was trying everything you know under the sun making workout videos with my songs in the background like just anything because i had no idea like what i was doing and it was still very early tiktok and you know it kind of got my stride like middle of the summer of 2021 covid starts to die down we're allowed to go back to school I go back for my senior year and then things just really like took a life of its own in the TikTok world, like all from, you know, my senior, senior year, like college dorm room, just, you know, finding my stride with different video styles that like it all kind of the floodgates opened in the September, October range of 2021. And then started learning really quickly, like with TikTok, social media, like what is kind of the core values that is going to make a video or a song work or not started applying it to the song called summer of 16 that came out in December of 2021. Everything kind of went crazy from there. Had a couple of videos do two, 3 million views, like, right. You know, it was all like luck in terms of like the videos that I was trying stuff for a month and the videos that really went, went within like 48 hours of the song releasing. And we'll dive into, you know, all of this I'm sure later, but like the, the release radar just coasted that song that led me to in 2022, 
as things really opened up and I graduated, went back home to New Jersey, about 25 minutes outside of New York City. I was DJing at a bunch of clubs in New York and even going down to Miami and doing some club stuff there. And I just kind of had a, a moment like towards the end of the summer of 2022 where I was like, you know, this is cool and fun now in my 20s. And it's pretty full circle that how I got into music and how I started is kind of what's now sparking me to want to make a major change because I've been DJing for so long. I've been doing the party in the club scene for so long and not like it's been 20 years, but long enough for me to know I don't see myself doing this in my 30s and 40s. I see myself really just being, you know, more writer, producer, dabbling in other genres outside of dance music. I love folk. I love country. I love Latin and reggaeton. And I'm never going to be able to release those songs because everybody's going to kind of keep coming for this dancey pop sound. So I just took a step back, literally wiped all my social media, you know, told everyone I was working with at the time, like managers and labels and stuff like I'm not doing the artist thing anymore. You know, I'm not really sure where it's going to go, but I'm just going to take take the rest of the fall off and kind of like figure it out, you know, in in silence, you know, at least publicly, like just, you know, did the whole black screen profile picture, no post thing and kind of just reentered the space in January 2023, like still pretty clueless as to like, OK, what am I going to do? What is this new kind of lane going to look like? And then it just spurred into naturally like people reaching out like hey you know i see you're a producer you know you want to produce my stuff and that kind of spiraled and spiraled and spiraled into doing like two three zoom sessions a day had a lot of people down in nashville i was working with a lot of people out in la i was working with so i decided you know let me go to nashville for a week let me go to la for a week i know i'm gonna have to be in one of those two cities i've been around new york city my whole life i know i don't want to be there i was going down to miami i know you know I love Miami and I love reggaeton, but that's like what drives that scene there is either EDM or Latin. And like, that's not where I'm going to be. So it's really going to be either Nashville with a country focus and doing some pop or LA with a pop focus, doing a little bit of country. Let me go to both cities for a week, figure it out. Went to Nashville, met, you know, all my internet friends that I've been doing zoom stuff with down there for the first time, had a great time, did a bunch of songs, loved it, but kind of just had this like, feeling of, you know, do I want to be in the city if I wasn't doing music? And that's kind of the same approach I took when looking at colleges for football. And like, here's one of the first main parallels is like, you're always kind of advised by your high school coaches. Like when you're looking at these colleges, if you were to, you know, tear your ACL, you can never play football again. Would you still want to be at that school as just a student? And I was kind of looking at LA and Nashville, like, would I want to be in this city if I wasn't doing music? And the answer for me was, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to move to L.A. my whole life. When I was deep in the football world, I was like, well, I know I'm never going to make the NFL. I want to be a sports agent. And I love Entourage and Ari Gold. And I thought I wanted to go down that path. So I'm like, it was always L.A. So I went to Nashville, had a good time, then went to L.A., never really left, been here, met, you know, all my friends from Zoom sessions out here. Lexi Scatena, she's an awesome songwriter. You know, she's like more on the acoustic singer songwriter side of things. Went to her birthday party literally the first night I was here, met Anthony Bonadonna, and he's like more of an R&B, pop, you know, hip hop writer. He runs our studio. He's our recording engineer. And we all, you know, really clicked in person, met Oren, who's our guitar player. Now we have our team out here. We got our two studios. We run all our writing sessions out of this place I'm in now. Then Anthony will take the artist over to, you know, the main studio in Hollywood, do all the vocal, you know, tracking and comping with them in the vocal booth there. And things just like, 
picked up out of nowhere, just, you know, being here, meeting the right people, you know, having those genuine connections. And it's like the number one advice I could give to really everybody, if they're thinking about making a change in their life, you know, from a moving to really pursue the music thing long-term is like, can you just kind of drop into a random city where, you know, nobody and figure it out? Yes. But like, we also have so many tools and power in place today where you can, you know, meet the right people from social media. I mean, I have friends in Orlando and I have friends in Austin, Texas that I still have never met that I've done five, six, seven songs with just because of Zoom and TikTok and Instagram. It's like, you could definitely, if you start putting yourself out there now, you'll meet the people that when you visit that city, you're not committing long-term. You're just kind of, you're dating, you're going in, you're seeing what it's like. Oh, you know, I like it here. The people that I'm friends with from the internet are just as great in real life as they have been on these Zoom sessions for the last six months. And then you can kind of ease yourself into that community and not have so much pressure of like, I don't know anyone, I don't know what's going on. And that's what's like, I mean, social media has led me to to everything in terms of like, career and also just life at this point it's it's been a cool cool journey man that is a that's an awesome story congratulations on what you've achieved so far and yeah the the thing that kind of like sticks through to me is you you mentioned how man like you just hustled you just showed up and you just kept showing up and you kept figuring out what works and you tried so many different things and then you it sounds like through that process you kind of landed on your own voice and you landed on something that that resonates and so I just want to you know, kind of call that out and, and honor you for, yeah, I think sometimes we look at uh, people like you and other successful artists who have like a big break, or it seems like, wow, they had a song that went viral out of nowhere. And now they got millions of views that came out of nowhere. But it, it always seems like there's actually, you know, there's all the roots that are growing underneath the surface until you kind of have that breakout, like in your case, when you, it was all of the testing, all of the things and figuring out what does and what doesn't work that kind of led to you experiencing some of those breakthroughs. I'd love to hear your perspective, having, like you mentioned, come from this totally different world of you know, sports and you know, football and you know, developing this work ethic. You described how that you know, become part of your DNA and kind of part of something that you know, helps you provide a different perspective, you know, in the music industry. So I'd love to hear a few of the lessons or things that you see that correlate between you know, some of those things that you learned in your upbringing and through, you know, college football and just, you know, your, your experience in general and how those apply to, to musicians. And in particular, any ones that specifically you see like artists uh, struggling with or like mistakes or misconceptions or just ways that they can glean some insights from, you know, the, these different worlds that maybe they're not a, a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think right off the bat, like we're in Super Bowl season right now, you know, this Sunday they have off and then they have a game next Sunday, the big game, the Super Bowl. This is it. Mm. They've got two weeks to prepare. And I think what's so lost in the music industry is there's never that pressure unless you're signed to a major label. You've already made it. There's people on your team and you're at that you know, big career level where there are people imposing these deadlines and things on you. But when you're on your own, you're just starting out, you can take five years to make your first song. And then you can mm -hmm. take five years to make your second. And there's no, no matter what happens, whether the song is great, it doesn't do great. It does 10 million streams. It does 10 streams. There's no, you know, no matter what happens next week, there's another game, whether you like it or not, win or lose. And that's like the mm -hmm. biggest thing from the, you know, it doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, basketball, like the sports world is you go in, you have a game today. 
You win, there's a game next week. You lose, there's a game next week. You focus on this game for the hour that it's played, and then you start preparing for the next one because it's coming whether you like it or not, whether you win or lose. And I think with artists and songs and music, it's like, I'm going to spend nine months waiting for, you know, something to happen in my personal life to spark this song idea. And it never happens. Now it's 14 months. Now it's been three years since your last song because you were uninspired. And it's like, I just think that inspiration in music is there's no excuse for that anymore because we have so many things to pull inspiration from. You're not having anything happen in your personal life. Go on Netflix, watch a rom-com and, and write about the relationship and the love in that if, if you want to make a love song and you're not in love right now like there's so many places to pull inspiration from today that it's not an inspiration problem it's a motivation problem and like with sports you've got this game coming up you've got to find that motivation somewhere because you're playing this game whether you like it or not and that's the biggest disconnect in my opinion for music is sports find the motivation because the game's coming no matter what versus music well there's no really hard and fast rules so whenever you're inspired you could just kind of make the song whenever and it's like no if you commit if you go in on january 1st of the new year and you say every third friday of the year no matter what i'm going to release a song you'll find out really quick a lot about yourself well i release music you know more frequently and consistently when i do jazz because i'm just inclined to you know make jazz chords quicker whatever you find out about yourself you'll never learn until you put yourself through that fire and commit to this has to happen in this time span for this next 365 days or you know you can make up a hypothetical or you know i'll never do music again like if i can't release a song a month for the next year i won't release music ever again and like that's not true but it'll give you a little bit of fire maybe but it's just like how do you you know commit to something and not just have an excuse to not do it because in the sports world that game's coming no matter what so when you kind of get that mindset of like that third Friday of every month, that song's coming no matter what. It's it's a week away. Well, I better write this song and I better mix it and I better master it or find the people that will help me get it done quickly because it's coming no matter what. Mm. Oh, man. This is such good stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that comes to mind as you share that is there's a concept called Parkinson's Law that basically means that, you know, our time tends to like fill the container that we allot to it. So for example, in college, if you're given a full year to write an essay, then generally you'll take the full year to write the essay and then you'll submit it. But if you're given like a week to write the essay, then you'll write the same essay like in a week. If you're given a day, then like, you know, you write it in a day. And, you know, those deadlines you know, are extremely, it's like a water, it's a, it's a container. And then water is going to fill the space of the container. So you know, it sounds like what, what you're suggesting is that, you know, we need to have more discipline as artists to basically make a decision of what is the container that we want to set for ourselves and that we need to be willing to show up and learn from it and you know, put something out consistently, whether it's a, you know, a win or a loss, you got to you got to play the game. And if you don't set those boundaries, then similar to Parkinson's law, like it just won't happen because you don't actually have the drive. You don't actually have a, a, a focus or a goal to, to hit. No, exactly. And like even now being on the producer side for other artists, you know, side of things like day one, when we start first, you know, whether they're in LA, whether they're in Belgium or Australia, like we get on a zoom call or we meet in person and we say, what is our point? A, is there something written? Is there a concept? Are we starting from zero? Do you have a demo? Where are we starting? And then what's our kind of vision from a sonic perspective, but also commit to the release date now. 
Commit mm-hmm. to the release date right now. It's February 2nd. Okay, March 10th, this song is coming out. That's going to keep us accountable. That's going to f- make sure you, you know, record those vocals. You make sure that your harmonies are all, your voice is warmed up and not, oh, you know, I got a sore throat. I'm going to take six months off. Mm-hmm. Like, you just got to battle through. This song is going to come out March mm-hmm. 10th. Keeps me accountable, keeps you accountable. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't do that at first when I moved into the, you know, freelance production side of things. But now that I've been doing that, I haven't had a problem or a project take longer than, you know, 21 to 24 days because everyone's, they're moving, they're shaking. The pressure doesn't exist. There's no, there's nothing happens if we miss the March 10th date. But when you feel that pressure, when I'm coming at you like a coach and I'm pushing you, you're going to find that, oh, I didn't know I could record vocals in a day. Yeah, because you gave yourself an allotted nine months to do it. Super smart. Yeah, I love that idea. So when you start working on a song, you set the release date up front and you say, like it or not, like, you know, the point that it gets to at this point is the point that it's going to be released. Super. I mean, I think another benefit of that is yeah, as musicians, especially we tend to be perfectionists or we tend to, you know, want to tweak it and make it you know better. And in a lot of cases, more time doesn't necessarily mean that it's better, right? We actually might do more harm than good by trying to tinker with it too much, but by doing what you're suggesting and actually setting a deadline, that's going to you know give you accountability to release it imperfectly because it's not the truth is it never will be perfect but you still have to you, know, you have to put stuff out exactly mm-hmm. and like i always say too like if something doesn't work whether it's a concept a lyrical you know concept a story something like that doesn't mean that that's done you can never use it again just find a way to rework it like you clearly like something in that in that nugget of idea that we're going to build around. And if it doesn't work, we can build around it a different way. Like that song, Summer 16, that I had do really well. That concept is not the first time that concept was done. The concept was, let's take a bunch of titles of different songs from the summer of 2016 and then build a chorus using like words from those titles to bring back the nostalgia of the summer of 2016. We tried it with movie titles. It didn't work. The song flopped. We tried it with song titles. It worked. So like if we just gave up and said, oh, well, when you use titles of things, it doesn't work then that song wouldn't exist. And it's the same thing. It's like, if you went through a breakup and you're doing this sad, sad ballad, it's like, well, everyone does sad ballads when they break up. doesn't mean you can't write about your breakup, but what about the freeing feeling because that person was dragging you down? Let's make it a happy song. Now it works. Guess what? The concept wasn't done. You just needed to try it a different way. And I think so many people get so caught up in just this mindset of like, this is the song. It's this lyrical concept. It's this thing. And when it's not this, th- when this thing goes out into the world, I can never do that again. So I have to wait another nine months to find another thing. But it's like, hmm. put out the sad version of the breakup, put out the happy version, put out the happy medium. Now there's your three songs around one concept. Yeah, I think you in particular really appreciate this analogy coming from the sports world. But one of my favorite analogies is that you have releasing a song or just trying anything new for the first time, sort of like, you know, shooting a free throw in the sense that, you know, it's helpful to like aim for a little bit, but if you spend too much time aiming and you don't just like throw the shot and see where it lands, then you know, you're not going to improve. You're not going to learn from it. And so, you know, if by following your recommendation of actually like releasing things, sort of like shooting the free throw. And after you throw it, even if like it was imperfect, even if, you know, your form was wrong or, you know, you, you missed, you went to the right, you're still better off having done that and as long as you pay attention to it. And then you step back out of the free throw and you shoot again versus, you know, like you mentioned, waiting nine months 
at the free throw line, trying to perfect it, trying to get it exactly right and aim right. And then when you finally shoot it, it maybe, I mean, most likely you're going to miss it, but you, maybe you make it, but you still just don't learn nearly as much as if you, know, you had a more regular pace of stepped on the free throw line, shooting it, and then continuing to, to release new music. Exactly. I totally agree. You know, just mm-hmm. like in the, you know, 1200s or however many thousands of years ago, like there were still artists, there's still people making music in some way, shape or form. And when they left the world, like those songs left with them, just because we have the technology to keep things on a hard drive and post, you know, posthumously like release things doesn't mean that like you can kind of be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to hoard all these songs, like still put them out and pretend that when you leave the world, these songs are going to leave with you. And do you want to, you know, have them kind of kept away forever? Or do you want to try them all? Because you never know. Song 78 out of 4,000 that never made it into the world could have been the one that was everyone's wedding song. And you just don't know if you just don't put it out there. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, you know what? We've got uh, live audiences here right now. So I would love to open up the floor to anyone that's here that has a, a question that you'd like to ask to Nick. I see uh, Ari from Modern Musician raise his hand. So Ari, you know, I got to bring, bring you up on stage here. What's up, Ari? How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, man, that was awesome. Nick, hey, great to, to hear you. And I, I've been email corresponding with you to bring you on the podcast today so thanks for thanks for coming and what a great what a great interview thank you thank you for having me appreciate it we've this we're approaching like 200 episodes of the podcast now and i don't think that we've had anyone that comes to mind that has like your background in terms of coming from the sports world and really like having that perspective so i always appreciate the opportunity to connect with people like yourself that can bring some lessons and wisdom from different lines of of thinking so Ari, I'm sure I'm sure you have a great question for for Nick here. What's your uh, great question for for Nick here? What's your question? I, I have a I have a question. So I identified a ton, and we have a similar background. So I played football growing up, and it was my passion. And I dreamed of going to to the NFL and playing football. I, I didn't quite grow into the the like body type. So like I stayed at about five nine and uh, 170 pounds. Uh, but I did get to play in college. I played wide receiver. And my whole life, it's been like sports and music. And, and, th- and then I also moved to Los Angeles. So I live right by you. And we should, we should connect. But yeah, I love, love it out here and had a similar like path to, to making it out here in, in Los Angeles. But my, my question for you is, do you miss sports and football? Or do you feel like you've completely channeled that into your your music and what you're doing today well i have a bit of a a cheating answer here because when i first moved to la i googled la flag football near me and i found this Hmm. league that has a travel team that they asked me to be on so we go all around the country like every other month and do these national tournaments we're going to florida we're going to fort lauderdale at the end of february we're just in vegas so that's been like huge that's been huge for like not not missing the sports side of things so that's a little bit of yeah. a, a cop out answer, but in terms of like bringing the the energy, yeah, I mean, there's so many so many people out here that I meet that are awesome, but like they don't have the juice, like they just don't bring mm. the intensity. Like no one's no one's like getting after it, and it's like, come on, we gotta bring the juice. We're alive. It's a Friday. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> man. I, I and I love that you know analogy that you 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 know and the way that you described like what's 
can be lacking sometimes for independent musicians is just, and, and I always thought about that. Like when I was in a band, we, we never had a coach and it was like, we were all kind of together trying to, trying to coach and, it, and there was no one that could really fill the role. We didn't have that kind of authority figure that would lay down real guidelines and uh, deadlines and all of that. It was just this missing thing. And so, you know, we hit all these road bumps and didn't know how to work through them. And I, I, I miss that, you know, and that's actually one thing I love about, you know, being part of Modern Musician is we're very much about applying, you know, in a still in a, you know, very kind of loving, open way, but like, it's, it's also about like having targets and, and having deadlines and working backwards from goals and, you know, hitting, hitting, you know, benchmarks and stuff. And so I, I love that, but it sounds like you've got this amazing mindset around it. So yeah, I'm re really stoked that we're, we, we connected. Thank you. Yes. Excited as well. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Ari. Yeah, you guys should definitely connect in LA sometime. I mean, Ari is our, our director of strategic partnerships here at Modern Musician. He's one of the best humans that I know. And, and I mean, he's one of those people that when you peel back the onion, you're like, wait, what? You, you also, he was on Days of Our Lives. He's like a famous actor. He's also you know, played college uh, football at a very high level. He's just very emotionally intelligent. But yeah, I bet you guys would, would really connect, especially having some similar backgrounds. Cool. So I, I see we have some more folks who have their hands up here live. So let's go to our next attendee, which is Mr. David Patrick Wilson. So David, let's bring you on here live. Can you can you hear me? We can hear you. How are you doing, David? Oh, this is great. I'm really great, man. Nick, you know, it's really amazing. I, I, I was actually recruited by Gettysburg when I came out of high school. I had two colleges that I was considering. I was recruited by a bunch of places. I was a pretty high-level ball player, player in a couple of uh, championship teams. Wow. But, you know, the, me, you know, the, the entertainment industry, I, I've been an, an actor, a writer, a director. I've been in the industry for forever. And it's, it's for me, it, I see them being really kind of very closely parallel. You had to give yourself goals, even though you're playing on a team and you may not have a team in, 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 your, in your paradigm now as a, as a musical artist. You have to have a toughness and an awareness about how you're going to persist in order to be able to, you know, to, to succeed. What, what do you think? Do you think that that's the edge that you've had? Because it sounds like you've just been doggedly persistent. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very kind of parallel to like, you know, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan. Julian Edelman's one of my favorite players. Like he played quarterback in college. He goes to the Patriots. Tom Brady's there. Immediately, he switches to receiver. And I think a lot of that can be kind of parallel to the music industry, just entertainment as a whole of like, maybe you move to LA to be an actor, but you find out that writing and script writing is more your speed. And you're okay, you're willing to switch, you make that switch and you dive all in there. And I think a lot of people are so tunnel vision to this is what I am, this is who I'm going to be, these are my goals, and here's how I'm going to get there, which is great but you might be closing yourself off to so many other opportunities. Like if I was just, I mean, if you asked me what my goals were two years ago, it'd be to like DJ all these music festivals. Now it's like not even close. I always say have no goals because you never know what's going to happen. Just literally take it day by day, setting all these future big goals. Might close yourself off to certain opportunities of, oh, I want to headline this venue as an artist. But like if someone asked you to play background guitar, and that might take you to that venue. Are you going to say no because it's not reaching your goal? Or what if you become a part of that band and now you're touring around the world as a guitar player because you said yes to that opportunity, even if it didn't fit your goals or 
the role that you wanted to play on the team, just like Edelman is a Pro Bowl, you know, Super Bowl MVP because he was willing to fit the role that the team needed him in and not just, I'm a quarterback. If you don't want to draft me, then I'm not going to play. Yeah, it reminds me of that quote. Planning is invaluable, but plans are useless. Yes. So the act of planning is super valuable to you know, give yourself perspective to plan, to look at you know, what you want to do. But at the bottom, you know, at the end of the day, things evolve and change. And especially in today's day and age, like with AI and with everything that's, that's evolving so quickly, it's more important than ever to follow exactly what you just said in terms of being able to adapt and being fast to go where the value is. Awesome. Absolutely. All right, so we've got some time here for probably one or two more questions. If anyone has a question here in the audience, if you'd like to raise your hand, we can bring you on here live. Otherwise, you can also put something in the chat if you want us to ask for you. And while we're waiting for a question, I mean, I guess we can probably go a little bit deeper. Um, so, you know, I, I know that coming from this background with, you know, sports meets, meets music, you know, one of the biggest things that you mentioned was having like discipline, having deadlines and guidance and just like the willingness to show up and to take the shot and see what happens. I'm curious if you've seen any other correlations or specifically like mindsets or things that apply from your background that you know, might be a different way of looking at it that most musicians haven't really considered. I mean, yeah, the biggest thing and like, it's my life motto. I had no success prior to this change. And it's what I attribute 150% of any success I've had since making this mindset change is a track don't chase. I mm. used to be the chaser. I used to email mm. labels. I used to email managers, artists, hey, blah, blah, blah. And then I just took mm. a step back and I was like, listen, I'm just going to post on social media. And for the entirety of 2023, I will not initiate a single conversation. I will not reach out to anybody. I will not start any conversations. I'll do what I do best. Be me, post on social media and let these opportunities come to me. And it, 50x my entire career in one year and it's like the same thing with football is like we had like a saying like if they're good they'll find you if you're good they'll find you like nick saban the coach of alabama now he's retired but if you're good enough he'll find you he's got twenty thousand football players a year from high school emailing him watch my highlight tape please i want to play for alabama mm. he's not answering one of those emails he knows where Derrick Henry is. He knows where Micah Fitzpatrick is. He's going mm -hmm. to their games and he's asking them, Derek, please, we need you come play for us. So why would you put yourself in the music industry in a position where it's you going to a venue? Please let me play here instead of them coming to you saying, we've seen you on TikTok. Your band looks sick. You guys are killing it with these videos on top of a cliff by the water. You guys bring a great energy. Can you please come play at our venue? And now that power dynamic has shifted so totally on the other side of the pendulum that now you can control. You can say, well, if you want us at our venue, here's our, here's our asking price. Instead of you, you asked us if you could play at our venue. So we're just going to give you two free drink tickets because you should, you begged us to play here. And there's so many different, you know, ways you can go about it in the music industry as far as like attracting. And now you hold the cards and you get to dictate what projects you take on, what you do, where you play, who you work with, instead of just being this chaser that's just throwing out these fishing hooks and reeling in nothing. And then when something gets reeled in, you've got to like beg the fish to not go back into the water. It's, it's, it's just, it all starts from in here and we have so much accessibility 
to get all of this information on yourself, on what you do, on your music, on your energy, on your live show out there free of charge to then bring that casting net back in that I don't see like a need for chasing just like in high school football. If you chase the college, they're never going to give you the offer. Mm. Oh man. That's so good. Yeah. That's such a, a great principle that applies to like the music industry and just like life in general. I mean, this is definitely a, a side side note. It's, it's not something that is like a focal point here at, at modern musician, but I know when I was in the dating scene, I've been happily married for like six years, but in high school, there's definitely something about, you know, if you are feeling needy or desperate, or you're trying, you like, you know, you're, you're, you're chasing, there's a totally different dynamic versus if, you know, you are confident and, you know, you're working on yourself and, you know, you're growing personally. And if you just can switch that mindset for any opportunities, you know, regardless of what type of opportunity it is to you know, being the person that's worthy or deserving of that opportunity, then gosh, yeah, there's like a universal law to it. You know, attract, don't chase. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Dating, another great analogy for that. Like you're, you're at the, whoever at the bar, they've seen you walk up to 20 other people and ask them for like their number. So when you ask number 21, Hey, please give me your number. Like, They've they've seen that that play out before versus just being you, being confident, and just letting you know things come to you. Mm, totally, and it seems like there's like almost this gravitational pull, you know. And and sometimes you have two people who are both self sufficient. They're both not needy or, or kind of chasing or reaching out, but they're both you know having that attractive energy. And then it's like it pulls and it creates some awesomeness, you know, between when it, when it comes together. But it's coming from a place of you know, mutual self-worth, mutual fulfillment, as opposed to like, you're either you're, tr you're trying to get someone else to fill a gap in you. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I see we've got uh, one more question here from Vaz. So Vaz, let's bring you on here live. Uh, and that will be the last question for today before we wrap up. Hey, Vaz, how are you doing today? Uh, doing good. Doing good, Michael. Thank you for being with us, Nick. I got a quick question. Um, share with us some how you develop your, developed your team and some of the collaborative dynamics within it. Because it appears, early on, I heard you talking about how you went to these different areas, Nashville, Miami, LA. You're from the New York area. And uh, you have a, you were trying to, I guess, find how you were going to fit into a culture. And I think you defined a culture for yourself. I'm making a lot of assumptions here. I apologize. But, it, sure. but you've done that. And then, and then now you found people that seem to work together. Michael's doing a great job in a, on a much larger scale of bringing together a, you know, communities of really divergent styles and people from all over the globe, you know, uh, with these, with the Zoom meetings and with now with the Discord channel. But in your particular case, which is kind of one-on-one -on -one working with people in a collaborative environment, how did you come about determining who you're going to work with? And once you did, what is the collaborative dynamics that you're dealing with that's that you could share that we might experience if we're doing that ourselves. Thank you. Absolutely. So in terms of like my internal team that I work with, Lexi, Anthony, Oren, my writers and engineers and guitar players, 
I all just met them out here in LA. I met Lexi because I do these videos on TikTok where I show a production I'm working on, like duet the video, write lyrics, you know, record yourself singing along. And, you know, if I, if I like it, we'll turn it into a song. And she was doing those duet challenges for two years. And I never even saw them because she was doing them on videos that just got so many submissions. I couldn't go through all of them. And like, I never even knew she was doing those videos. And then her manager at the time reached out to me and was like, you know, you should do a zoom session with her. And we met on zoom, wrote a song. She told me how she used to do those videos, came out to LA, went to her birthday and then met Anthony there and Oren and our whole team now. And it just was, you know, putting myself out there, attracting her into my life. And then just, you know, being a, a normal human being and meeting people and establishing relationships based on, okay, like how is your mindset towards music? Are you, you know, thinking similarly to me? Are you thinking differently from me? And is that going to be beneficial if we're both thinking the same way, if we're thinking differently, how is that going to work? Just, you know, doing testing kind of sessions and projects with them we all realize we have a great dynamic together and that's what's established this whole team now that I kind of see myself as like the head coach of. We have our Lexi's our offensive coordinator, Anthony's our defensive coordinator. And then in terms of like the artists we work with, it's just, again, putting, putting myself them putting themselves out there on TikTok, on social media, doing TikTok live streams and just posting content every single day and making it really, really easy for people to understand, okay, who are you and what do you do? And I mean, I've had videos do two, three, four million views when I was an artist that nobody reached out to me that was also an artist to work with me from because I was positioning myself as an artist promoting my music. And now I get far more people reaching out to work with me for me to produce and write, you know, with them off of videos that maybe get five, six, seven thousand views because I position myself and you know very clearly without being a chaser, but just hey, I'm rough. I'm a producer and songwriter. You know, there's a link in my bio that I I'll never talk about. I'll never say publicly. You know, it's there that if people really are willing to go that you know next step deeper and try to get in contact with me, there's a form there that they can fill out. You know, I'll learn more about them, their project, what they're looking to work on together. Jump on a call with them and kind of just see like where's their mindset, what is their approach to this? Is this going to be an 18 month you know process, or are they like, hey, listen, I got the concept. I'm going to release it in March. Let's roll. And I'm like, great, amazing. Let's do it. And it all just kind of comes from like, you know, step one being I'm putting myself out there. I'm posting on social media every single day. I go live on TikTok twice a day. People come to me. I speak to all of them. And then it's just who's aligning mindset wise, who's aligning kind of in that process, you know, strategically timeline wise that it makes sense for us to really dive into this project together. And then that process is, you know, whether they're in LA or whether they're in Australia, we get on a Zoom call and we just talk about the project. Where are we starting from? What's our end goal? When are we releasing this? And then we usually leave that call with action items, whether it's, you know, me building out the production a little bit more or they've got a demo vocal already. And now it's on me to build around that demo vocal. But I always like to make sure on the production end of things, there's a demo vocal that exists that I can build that production around because then I know, OK, this is where the vocal is going to sit rhythmically and melodically. So I'm not going to crowd that with all this production without knowing where that vocal is going to sit. I'll build a production to like 70, 80% of the way there, you know, around the demo vocal. And then from there, 
If they're, you know, in LA, we'll meet up in person, go through all the final vocals, make a checklist, record all the different layers, backgrounds, harmonies, octaves, doubles. If they're, you know, remote somewhere else in the world, we'll just sit on Zoom, come up with a checklist of, okay, in the pre-chorus, we're going to do doubles and we're going to do a high octave harmony. In the chorus, we're going to do this, make it as, you know, basically game plan NFL playbook as possible. And then when they go into a studio local to them, they know exactly what they're recording. They don't leave anything up to guessing. They can FaceTime me, you know, as they go and have questions, I'll guide them through that recording process. If they're, you know, somewhere else in the world, once I have the final vocals, mix it, master it, get it ready for Spotify. And then once we're four weeks out from that release date, we'll always just jump on a Zoom call and lay out an entire marketing plan of, okay, the four weeks before this release, this is our testing ground. This is what's going to be, you know, the six different video styles that you could kind of come up with two videos per style, throw all those nets out there and see, okay, for this particular song, what styles outperforming the other ones, not on views, not on likes, not on saves. The only metric that matters when you're promoting a song is comments. Are people that aren't your friends and family going out of their way to ask you, what's this song called? Is this song released yet? I love this song. If someone, even just one person goes out of their way to comment that you don't know on one of these videos, okay, great. That's the route we're going down. Did people, you know, as the comments come in, whatever styles, maybe it's playing acoustic guitar, you know, outside and lip syncing it. Maybe it's performing it, you know, live into your camera. Maybe it's like talking about why you wrote the song and then playing it in the car. Like we kind of sit down, come up with one of those six styles, Go out there, test them all and see which ones, which one or multiple styles brought in comments. And then we just niche it down, niche it down. And then over that four week period, that song comes out. And we should have that one style or two styles that are dialed in that we know, okay, once the song's out, you could just double, triple down on this, post this exact video style in different ways every other day for the next four weeks. And it's going to continue to kind of bring in comments because it worked through that testing period. And then guess what? By the time that four week release periods over we should be rolling right into the next song ideally if that person wants to keep that you know release schedule that's going to kind of you know guarantee to an extent that the success and growth is going to be there over someone who releases kind of willy-nilly fantastic man that is an awesome breakdown just in terms of the entire you just shared like the entire game plan and the fact that you're able to do that just off the top of your mind shows me that you're the kind of person that has you know, a plan to start with and that you have it, you know, the documentation around it, you have the checklist for it, which is extremely important. So it sounds super valuable for anyone that, you know, anyone that is you know, a good client for you to work with. So I, I would say like the last question I have here for you is first of all, I, I want to say, as we approach the end of the podcast, thanks again so much for taking the time to be here and to share some of the lessons and, and insights that you've learned from your whole life, including some different you know industries from the music industry. I think it's super valuable. And for anyone here who's interested in connecting more or sharing their music and seeing if they're a good fit, like from a production fit, I'd love to hear what you'd recommend as a next step. And I'd also love to hear specifically, you know, who are the, the ideal clients who are like the best fit for you? Like out of everyone that you've worked with, who's your favorite kind of client to work with? And what do you think are like the, the specific traits that you're looking for? Just people that are honest, you know, about me and about themselves throughout the whole process. And like, again, Everybody knows because I tell everyone, like, I come from a football background. You know, I've ran face first into people who are 300 pounds. Like, you can tell me you don't like the drums. So tell me 
as quickly as possible. Tell me as soon as you don't like something, there's literally no feelings will ever be hurt on my end. And I hope, you know, I could be the same to you because that's what's going to give us the best possible song. Everybody, you know, wants to kind of, you know, keep feelings intact. But at the end of the day, what what feelings are going to hurt more? The feelings of telling someone you don't like something on a project you're working on together or the feelings when that song goes out into the world and you realize this isn't what I wanted because I didn't want to speak up. Awesome. Yeah, transparency is so important. Cool. Well, for anyone who's uh, listening to this right now is interested in diving deeper, where would be the best place for them to go to connect more? Absolutely. If you shoot me a DM on Instagram, my username is just at rough, R-U-F-F music official. I respond to every DM ever. I think that's the most important kind of tool to getting in touch with people because, you know, it's kind of like your your life resume there where you get to know each other before you even spark that combo. You see everyone's posts, what they look like. You get to know, you know, who you're talking with even more on a personal level than a text. Well, like always, we'll put the links in the show notes for, for easy access and man, it's been great connecting with you today. Thanks for doing what you do. And I would definitely encourage anyone who resonated with Nick and what he's doing and that wants to take their music to the next level this next year to reach out to him on Instagram. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Michael. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. <laughs> yeah! Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.